Hello, and welcome to episode 165 of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. We're here today with Ambassador Carlos Pareja, Peruvian ambassador to the United States since September 8, 2016. Ambassador Pareja is also the former Director General of the Directorate of Africa, the Middle East, and Gulf countries. He is the former Director General of the Directorate General of America. Pareja is also the former Peruvian ambassador to Chile, Switzerland, and Spain, and is a former Peruvian diplomat in this very embassy uh, of Peru in Washington. Ambassador Pareja was awarded the Grand Cross of the Order of the Son of Peru uh, and comes from a diplomatic family. Ambassador Pareja, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Fine, thank you. Excellent. The first question I'd like to pose to you is what are you currently doing or what have you ever done to advance the public interest and why? Well, um, as, as you mentioned, this is my second time in, in the United States in, in, at the embassy. Mm-hmm. The first time was a, 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 as political counselor and I was ambassador. And, um, uh, well, um, that, uh, that has helped me a lot to, um, because I, I, you sort of, I sort of know my way through the, all the channels of, of power in, in Washington. Uh, even though it's not, it's not a large city, it is a very complicated city, and um, you 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 must know your way in the the, the power circles. No, so um, I uh, I am trying to trying to promote, uh, of course, um, uh, our country. Peru is a country, a democratic country, mm-hmm. a country that respects the human rights and liberty of press, yeah. a country that um, is. Um, uh, Power, powerfully um, meeting its, its future in economics, in commerce. Uh, so um, that uh, are my tasks. So Ambassador Pareja, you have had uh, a great deal of experience, as you mentioned, working as an ambassador for Peru, or working actually with the diplomatic mission of Peru in Washington, D.C. In fact, you've done that under the Ronald Reagan administration, the Barack Obama administration, and now the Donald Trump administration. I was wondering if you could take a moment and speak about the nature of the Peruvian-American relationship and any changes that you've seen develop over the course of these decades uh, with the mission here in Washington, D.C. Well, I think that um, uh, the Peru gets along uh, very well with the United States. We have a common interest. First of all, uh, I, I think the fundamentals of the, of the relationship between the both countries are um, the respect of, of, of democracy, the same goals, mm-hmm. human rights. Um, also, um, uh, we are um, a, a country that is uh, very well integrated in the region. Mm-hmm. We have finished all our, our, our frontier problems with, with our neighbors, mm-hmm. so that uh, makes us uh, very solid and strong in, 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 in our geographic position. Sure. And um, we also, um, I think, um, we have a common grounds and commerce, uh, we have um, a bilateral trade agreement that mm-hmm. uh, I, I uh, don't think will suffer any. We won't have any problems with the new administration of Mr. Trump, and uh, we are uh, trying to promote um, investment to promote uh, more tourism in in from the United States to Peru, and of course to to to, to promote friendship, you know, culture and uh, and, and, and and exchange more exchange of uh, intellectuals of our. Uh, from the United States to Peru, from Peru to the United States, um, and um, uh, to strong the basis of our relationship. 
Now, you speak about how Peru is so well integrated into its region and the surrounding countries, but at the same time, isn't it true that Peru today is faced with a, with a, uh, a major crisis brought upon by climate change that, in fact, only is right now hitting Peru uniquely hard um, due to the many varied microclimes within Peru that are affected by climate change. Can you take a moment and speak about the particular circumstances that are facing Peruvians today as a result of these uh, effects of climate change and how you, those, uh, those difficulties are affecting your mission here in Washington? Well, um, we are, uh, yes, uh, um, we have a, a very serious situation now because this is Nino country, the, the uh, current. The Nino is like like a, um, a baby current. It's called it's it's a a, a, a warm current of water that comes in into the coasts mm -hmm. of Peru and that uh, produces um, you know the, the temperature to go very high right. and then many rains and because the Mostly the car the coast of Peru is like a desert. Mm -hmm. It's a bit desertic, mm -hmm. and uh, so it rains a lot in in uh, in, in the mountains that surround the coast, mm -hmm. and then that that produces all kinds of uh, um, strong um, floods. And it has been terrible, especially in the north part of Peru. You know, we have we have had uh, till now about um, one hundred people dead. Uh, we have had uh, one. 125,000 victims of, of the floods, um, eight, 800,000 people homeless, huh. and uh, 182,000 homes destroyed, lots of dam damages in the crops, mm -hmm. um, and um, so um, it is a very, very difficult situation. Peru is, um, has a, a, a diversity in its, um, in its uh, Geography, you know, we have this. As I was telling you, uh, uh, desertic coast, and then we have the highlands, mm -hmm. and then we have the Amazon region that is very, very large. And this Amazon region is 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 um, we next to Brazil and to Colombia mm -hmm. and Ecuador. We all share this uh, huge Amazon region, and um, uh, so in, with a lot of biodiversity. So we have to take care of it, you know. And, and of course, climate changing. Climate changing is, is affecting the region. So we are um, we uh, Peru has promoted very strongly um, all the, uh, the, the the COP. Mm -hmm. You know the COP. We had a, the COP in Peru two years ago. That we and we were very strong in this. Um, so we hope that the United States uh, has a good reflection on, on what it's doing because uh, we we believe that. Um, uh, you should uh, the United States should be should should also accompany all these countries in trying to protect the atmosphere. So, in considering the role of the United States in helping to alleviate some of the difficulties facing Peru, I'm thinking about a number of things. One, what is the role of the United States in contributing to climate change, which science seems to indicate is driven by carbon emissions. Uh, America being a large contributor of carbon emissions in the world, and the current administration actually rolling back some of the uh, initiatives that were s begun under the Obama administration in acknowledgement of our contribution to, to uh, man-made climate change. So on one hand, it seems as though America may be exacerbating the issue, uh, but you know, I'd like to get your read on that. You know, are, are we doing what's appropriate for climate change? How is that affecting Peru? On the other hand, 
in terms of foreign aid, it has been a, um, a, a the, this current administration has expressed this intent in rolling back its budget for the State Department. Of course, Congress must approve any budget, um, but would like to reduce uh, foreign assistance, foreign aid, and diplomatic uh, initiatives uh, to other countries around the world. I wonder if any foreign aid from the United States is being directed uh, in, in relief work uh, at these, particularly in the north of Peru, um, and if these future cuts, if they come, uh, will affect Peru at all. Well, um, as, as of the current situation in Peru, we are receiving a lot of um, assistance from the United States. It's day by day increasing. Um, now it's uh, appro- approaching the. Um, it's, it's about uh, eight hundred thousand dollars. No, eight hundred. No, uh, yes, eight hundred thousand dollars. We have um, they we have we have helicopters from the United States, um, all kinds of uh, of um, tents and uh, help for the sewer water, mm-hmm. and so we um, uh, we are having and, and also two hundred fifty thousand um, dollars for medicines mm-hmm. through the the Pan American Health Organization, mm-hmm. and. Um, well, also all sorts of help, and it's increasing. And uh, you, we have people from the disaster sectors t- monitoring what what is needed over there. Mm-hmm. And now, State Department high official is going to Peru next next week. So we are um, satisfied with the help we are we are receiving uh, from the United States. Of all, of course, the, the needs are are major. So not nothing is enough. So what do Peruvians need? What do they want? If our listeners were so moved to do something to assist Peruvians, is there any way that listeners could help? Is there anything that the government of the United States can do? What is it that, as ambassador, you would ask of listeners? Well, uh, what what we need is um, pumps to do, do the, the, the water mm-hmm. out of the... Um, of um, you know this, the, the cities are completely flooded. Mm-hmm. We need uh, also um, um, there's a, a, a electricity cuts are always so we need that that, that kind of help as well. Mm-hmm. Tents because as I was telling you, um, we have eight hundred thousand people, eight uh, hundred thousand people homeless. Mm-hmm. So we we need uh, like family tents, you know, mm-hmm. family tents, lot lots of water. Um, well, uh, the, uh, so uh, and also we know the, the embassy has opened an account that um, I can give you the number afterwards, so you can read it to your, uh, your. So, do you ever approach the United States Congress to ask for appropriations or foreign aid that may actually help Peru, or do you mostly no. negotiate through the executive branch? Well, what we do is uh, uh, we we do a, a, a approach the Congress uh-huh. in order that uh, the aid can be increased. You know, because uh, the, the 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 power of the Congress in the United States is very strong on on, on appropriations. Right. So we we certainly approach them in order to get more aid for the for instance for the narco traffic, mm-hmm. um, for um, and cooperation, mm-hmm. all kinds of assistance, military assistance. And um, so we make sure that we, we, the, the cooperation not, not only not does not diminish, but that, that it will increase. So in that sense, we do work uh, with the executive branch and also with uh, with Congress. And, and we are um, we are worried uh, in this sense that uh, this administration has uh, um, 
I think that they will cut the budget of the State Department in 37%. That's what they said. Mm -hmm. So we are worried that that will that will um, decrease the the um, the cooperation, the assistance uh, with uh, Western Hemisphere countries. So. Obviously, you have served in Switzerland and Chile and Spain. The United States is not the only nation in the world that is the source of foreign aid. Um, but it's a major. It's a major contributor. Should American foreign aid begin to dry up, are you no. looking elsewhere? Are you? Are there other countries that are also contributing to help the relief effort? And, and are you? Do you have any contacts with other embassies in the Washington area about what those nations can do to help Peru? No. Well, um, yes, we we are receiving for this situation in mm -hmm. particular. We are receiving. We have a, a a major solidarity from 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 countries, not only from from the official from the governments, mm -hmm. but also but from the people. And here in, in, in the United States, we also have um, had a lot of contributions to these accounts um, from the people, mm -hmm. from you know individuals that want to want to help. But um, a, um, in the countries that I have been, especially in in, in Spain mm -hmm. and in Switzerland and in the United States, they, they we have the official cooperation with with Peru, and that is very important, you know, because uh, this cooperation goes to the to the, uh, the people that need more the the aid, and then all this all this cooperation is very um, uh, specified and um, is worry is 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 already. Uh, developed, you no. Know? So um, um, lots of people depend on that, and I think this cooperation has very has been very productive, and that should 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 be um, uh, a, a stimulus for for the United States and other countries to keep up with our cooperation with other So on this topic of cooperation, you find that a growing tide of populism is sweeping across the globe. And uh, there was an election where there was a theme, Make America Great Again. Many listeners um, may be wondering, you know, it sounds good, you know, foreign aid, but gosh, you know, we're struggling in Detroit. We're struggling in Anacostia and Washington, D.C., which is, an, uh, for our listeners who aren't in D.C., is, a, is an indigent area. Right in Baltimore, there were riots 40 miles away, and Americans may say, you know, gosh, we need the funds here. How can you make an argument to this American audience about why foreign aid is in the interest of America, why isolation and withdrawing from the world would be against America's interest, and why would it be in the interest, you're speaking directly to American listeners, why would it be in their interest to have some of their tax dollars go to alleviate pain and suffering in Peru? What is the case you can make to say, look, helping us out in a time of need, cooperating with us, is in America's interest, and is why you should continue to fund uh, State Depart the State Department and foreign aid. I, I think uh, you, we can look at it uh, uh, in two ways. First, as uh, it's humanitarian um, aid, it, it goes to people that really, really need it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't find them in that kind, that kind of people that really need that that assistance in the United States. You you find, of course, people. Uh, that are in need of, of of assistance in the United States, but not at that quantity like in our in our country. So that uh, should be taken into account. And, um, and and the second reason is because all all this makes all this assistance, you know, from the United States and other developed countries, makes our country grow. It helps in education. It helps in in um, in health to the people. So that makes our country grow. And 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 so um, 
that increases the, the, the middle class in our countries. You know, mm -hmm. the, the people come from the low economic class to the middle class, yeah. and that they, they, they gives them more power of um, consumption. And you know, the, the, are they a market for American exports? Yeah, of course, it's a good market for American export, and also um, it, 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 it develops the, the conscience of the people of the importance of of, of maintaining this this economic system, you know, mm -hmm. other, other, otherwise there's populism in, in our countries as well, you mm -hmm. know, and say, well, let's, if we are in, in so much need, then um, let's, let's take, uh, uh, let's be aggressive, let's be populist, and, and then uh, that diminishes the power of, of governments like the Peruvian government that want, wants to do the correct uh, economic policy, sound policies that, that will help the growth. So that, that, that's both ways to look at it. So continuing on the topic of trade policy, you have the current administration in the United States having campaigned against the Trans-Pacific Partnership, um, which mostly affects uh, Eastern Asia more than it would affect Peru, but it's analogous, right, because uh, Bill Clinton's uh, North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, does, call, does affect Peru um, and is a similar vein of free trade. To what extent is the uh, residual effects of NAFTA um, benefiting Peru, or is it to the detriment of Peruvian Peru's interest? And does the uh, administration stance against a Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, have uh, forebode negatively about the future of what free trade might be in the Americas uh, and how that might affect Peru? Um, I, uh, NAFTA does not affect Peru because we have a bilateral agreements mm -hmm. uh, uh, with the United States, with Mexico, and with Canada. Bilateral with three of with mm -hmm. the, all three of them, so our exports can can um, can get in those countries um, with very low uh, um, taxes. So. Um, and, and uh, protectionist tariffs in the United States against foreign imports. Uh, well, if they, if they come now, if yes, they were to come, if they were to come, that, that would affect us. But we have a, a anyway the, the bilateral agreement with the United States. With, the United States has a has a strong surplus with Peru, mm -hmm. so I I don't we don't fear about that. You know, we we and, and we export. We don't compete with the United States at all. We, we export more raw materials, a lot of agricultural materials, a lot of fruit, um, things that you don't produce here. So we, 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 we are, we, I think uh, we can even grow our, our exports to the United States. So you know, because if, if, if the United States, uh, with this administration, um, the, the economies go sound and good, mm -hmm. then the, the, the consumption will, will be growing as well. You've, as we've mentioned before, have had many different diplomatic posts around the world, um, and you have even been in this diplomatic post previously. Always you are sent to these posts with the sole objective of promoting Peru's best national interests. Is there, can you speak for a moment about any differences that you have had in your primary mission and objective as you sought to advance Peru's mission in the United States versus other countries around the world? To what extent does it differ based on location? No, well, you know, we, we yeah, the, the the relations are different with with each country. You know, we, we, we like we have a common ground. As I was telling you, democracy and uh, respect for human rights. For instance, now with with the United States, we have a, a, a great bond in uh, because we we are um, a very much um, 
supportive of democracy in Venezuela that it's uh, taking a great loss today yeah. with, with the government of Maduro. So uh, that is a, a, common, a strong common ground between the United States and Peru. But th these things vary, you know, like... Uh, um, when I was here 25 years ago, well, we, we had um, a, a populist government in Peru, so at that time relations were, were politically difficult. Now they are not politically difficult. We have a lot of common ground, but we have to develop this, we have to work on it, you know, because uh, um, uh, the, the, the thing is that you, the United States, like, uh, being the, the major power in the world, has a, a, a lot is a lot of demands from all the countries, right. so um, we have to compete on, on that. No? So you mentioned a different government uh, that you previously represented in the 1980s, I believe. Yeah, 19, yeah in the second part of, um, from 1984 to 1990, yes. So clearly you're a man who has, uh, inevitably you would have personal opinions. You must be an individual who votes in a private ballot box. You must have personal opinions. It's interesting that the diplomatic corps must represent its government regardless of whether your individual personal views align with the government that you represent. Diplomats around the world throughout the ages have always had to face this challenge I wonder if you can speak with that. You don't necessarily need to reveal your own personal views, um, and, but you know, you've served under a government that was different than the government that Peru currently has. So clearly, whatever your opinion, you may have agreed more with one administration or another without necessarily revealing which one you agree more with. Could you speak about how you reconcile that difference of I have a view and yet I must represent the views of the people under the current Peruvian administration? Well, the, um, uh, it's, of course you have your own opinions and sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's more, it's more difficult. For instance, for me, uh, I, um, I feel very um, supportive of the, of the current government of Peru because I, I, I believe in the president, I believe in his policies. Mm -hmm. and, um, so it, uh, and, and, and I think that um, uh, the policy of the current government in Peru and the policies of the current government in the United States can get along fine, okay. so we can develop a, a very good relationship in, 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 in the end. In the 1980s, well, it was not that way, but we tried to, you know, always to, to get the best for our country. Mm -hmm. That is what we work for, and that's what we train for, and that's, um, that's how it should be, you know. So as we approach the end of this podcast, I would like to ask you a final question, Ambassador Pareja. So uh, you're speaking to um, the diplomatic corps uh, the Peruvian diplomatic corps and the Peruvian embassy. Right? It's a private meeting which our listeners are going to be privy to listening to. And you have a, a quick moment to make remarks to the current diplomatic corps in the Peruvian emb embassy in Washington, D.C. And what I'd like you to do is speak to these diplomats who work for you and tell them why it has been so important. Why have you dedicated your life? Why did your father dedicate his life? Why have you spent your career, decades of your life, trying to advance the Peruvian interest for the best for the betterment of all Peruvian people. Why is it that you've tried to advance the public interest through the diplomatic corps? And then at the end of the day, at the end of your career, what do you hope you will have accomplished through your career in the public service, serving the people of Peru? Well, what a question. <laughs> but, um, well, um, it, it's hard to answer because I was, I was uh, as a son of a diplomat, in uh, in the uh, I was born in, in, in 
uh, born and my, my father and my mother well uh, you know spoke always of, of public service it, it, it's not easy at all you know because you have to move from country to country and then you have to adjust the families but then um, you uh, you it, it's, it's like a training no I have trained my, my children as well they're not diplomats but they uh, understand very well what the, the public service is and what the what um, and, and they uh, even though they are not diplomats and they work in, in privately, um, they are very fond of, of of the diplomatic career, no, and uh, and what you can achieve because you can you you can always you know you little by little you 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 get a, a a great amount of things for your country, you know, little by little meeting people and convincing them and. Um, especially in the states in the United States there's a lot of um, ONGs so you can have a you know private cooperation with Peru or or or, or uh, developing the interest, cultural interests uh, with the museums here with the Smithsonian so there's a lot of work you can do and and you know you 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 have to uh, try to uh, have your goals uh, very clear you know six seven goals and then uh, work on them, and, and of course, um, you have to have the the support of, of, of the people that work with you in the embassy, and also from, you know, you, you have to work your way in Congress with all the staffers, and they have to um, uh, go to our countries and, and, and try to get a, a personal relation with the country so they can work as well on it. So it's, it's, it's like, um, uh, and also, um, we have um, to develop tasks that are on, on the long range. You know, not not everything has to be two three years. You can work for twelve years or ten years or five years. It depends. So that's um, and, and and also we have people that um, uh, admire a lot our country here in the United States, and they are willing to help us all the time. And that has been Ambassador Carlos Pareja, Peruvian ambassador to the United States since September 8, 2016, a former director general and directorate of Africa, the Middle East, the Gulf countries, and in America, former Peruvian ambassador to Chile, Switzerland, and Spain, uh, former diplomat here in Washington, awardee of the Grand Cross Order of the Sun in Peru, who speaks about... Um, having from a young age been inculcated in the traditions of public service through the diplomatic corps. Serving Peruvians has become something that's not only second nature to him, but something that he's sought to pass along to the next generation of Parejas and, and Peruvians, hopefully, um, as he begins to, he, he, is, he sees diplomatic service as the opportunity to tackle a succession of different crises and challenges where he promotes uh, the Peruvian interest, whether it be by attracting foreign aid to address uh, mudslides and floods, or whether he is able to um, uh, bring more foreign direct investment in Peru uh, or promote international trade, whether he's creating jobs, uh, alleviating homelessness due to natural disaster. Uh, Ambassador Pereja has been around the globe advancing the public interest uh, for Peruvians uh, around the globe. I'd like to remind listeners um, that should they wish to contribute uh, their time, energy, or treasure um, to uh, the current to alleviating the current crises facing Peru due to climate change and uh, El Nino, you can go to www.embassyofperu.org 
Donors are one click away from helping Peru, and the online donation is secure and safe. Ambassador Pareja, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us today. That was my pleasure. Thank and, you. And this has been episode 165 of Public Interest Podcast with your host, Jordan Cooper, where we interview politicians, activists, advocates, and others who seek to improve the state of the world. I'll remind you to subscribe at publicinterestpodcast.com, listen on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, SoundCloud, Blueberry, Player FM, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And should you wish to react to Ambassador Pareja, if you have something to say, if he inspired you, if you have a comment, please leave a message at 240-630-0380, and that message may be played on the website. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.